Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What is up? Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Agree to Disagree podcast show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and everything under the sun. Uh, first of all, um, this is my first show after, uh, of course, the death of my father. So I wanted to uh, publicly say a huge thank you to everyone that uh, took a minute or two to come to the funeral home, uh, to come to the church, uh, send your thoughts, messages, texts, emails, calls, uh, to send your condolences. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, it went a really far away um, for me and my family. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you. Um, it's greatly appreciated. And I missed you guys. I missed doing the podcast. So I'm back. And I couldn't have had a better host, uh, excuse me, a better guest for this evening. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, tonight's guest is a um, young gentleman that came across his podcast uh, through a friend, Reno Var, of course. Um, and uh, he is the creator and host of the Moon Talks podcast. So please welcome to the show, to the Agree to Disagree show, Matthew Brathwaite. Good night, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> good night. We're already done. Eh? We're already done. You well, said. you know, good evening, good night. <laughs> when does evening really end and when does night begin, to be honest? Because uh, what do you so what's your opinion on that? What do you, I don't know? When does when could you say good evening or good afternoon? This is my breakdown. Go ahead. The morning is from seven to noon. Okay. The afternoon is from noon to four. Hmm. Okay. From four to seven is the evening. From okay. seven on out is the night. I like that approach. Okay, I'll get. Want to know why? Because when someone says when the Canadians play at seven o'clock or the Bruins play at seven o'clock, <laughs> when you hear someone when you hear someone talk about it, it's like, hey, tonight the Habs are playing, right? It's not, yeah, this evening the Bruins are playing. No, that's true. That's, true. that's a good point. It's always that after seven, seven thirty. You know. Look, we're not even. Three minutes in, and I already learned something, and, and we're already agreeing. So we'll see if we're going to agree. <laughs> Let's see if we agree all night. First of all, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. It's truly a pleasure. I'm really happy to have you on. It's my absolute pleasure, Luigi. Thank you for having me. And I just wanted to face-to-face uh, -face extend my deepest condolences for your father. Thank you. To you and your entire family. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I really no appreciate problem. that. So uh, let's 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 do what what heals me, which is podcasting, meeting interesting, and having great conversations with people like you. This is my healing process. So this is why I decided to uh, to do the show again tonight after a brief break. So um, I came across your podcast through a mutual friend, uh, Reno Var. Everyone knows Reno, and. Uh, I was, I was, you know, I was, I, and I've told you this off air and everybody that is watching or listening to this podcast or watching it live on YouTube, on Twitter and on Facebook tonight, um, please guys check it out. The moon talks podcast. So what I always ask my guests is I want to know what led you to this decision 
first of all, it's a fantastic show. It's a one-man show, one-man podcast. Thank and you, Matt basically discusses pretty much like me, everything under the moon, throws in a lot of sports in there. But I love his take and how he's so evenly keeled and never really loses. Even when he loses, you see that he's still, he's still calm. Unlike me, uh, all of you guys know that I'm, I sometimes fly off the handle. But anyway, I'm going to try <laughs> not to fly off the handle tonight. So tell me, what, what led you to this decision, Matt? Tell us a little bit about yourself as well. You know, I think uh, I think a little bit, I think I'm a part of that big minority, or big majority, sorry, that when the pandemic hit, we all kind of wanted to find something extra to do or find something to do. Um, as you know, in the last two, three years, I mean, podcasts and everything has existed, you know, beforehand, but in the last few years, it's really exploded. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to be a new voice, a different voice. I've always uh, been very knowledgeable with sports, uh, politics, a lot of different things, uh, music and whatnot. So I just wanted to implement my voice and my passion into uh, into the podcast uh, world, as they say. Yeah. Uh, I'm inspired by a lot of different podcasts, uh, the brilliant idiots, uh, Joe Budden podcasts, um, Jesus and Marrow, uh, million dollars worth of game, a lot of like hip hop podcasts and stuff like that. I'm really inspired by them because okay. of, uh, not only their takes, but topics. Um, and I'm one of those guys that, yes, I love sports. So you're going to hear a lot of sports, but I have a passion for a lot of different things. Like there's certain episodes where I went from. Trudeau to the Canadians to mental health to like, you know, I, I'm very big on mental health as well because I believe, although some people I think use it as a tool to get out of certain things, which I think is pretty shitty. Yeah. I do think it's a really big problem in society. So it's something that I really uh, try to, I don't want to say pay attention to, but I support. That's what I really, I really, because you, you, you know, I said, you remind me of a younger version of me is that I like to tackle. I'm so curious and I want to learn. I want to discuss uh, so many different topics because I believe, you know, I be, everyone knows that my idol is Joe Rogan, right? And yeah. there's, there's no topic that Joe's not going to touch. So this is why I was intrigued by your 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 podcast and its content. And I really liked how in just in one episode, you could go from, from here to here to there. <laughs> but But yeah. you know what? But makes sense on all levels. And, and like I said before, an even keel approach to it. So this is why I really um, uh, appreciate it. So um, so you mentioned also uh, right now you've done how many episodes? Uh, I've done seven episodes. Uh, right now, um, I told you this off air as well. Yeah. Uh, I took a little pause because I just began a new show with Reno Var that I'm a co-host of, Let's Make the Right Call. Yeah. So what I did was when I started the Moon Talks podcast, um, it was kind of like a short-term thing, as in I wanted to just see how it went, kind of like a trial run, mm -hmm. which actually some podcasts have kind of done, like beginning podcasts. If you notice, yep. like some some guys do 10 episodes and then they'll like write another 100 and then start off the new year or a spring mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I just kind of went on a trial run. I love the feedback. I love the support I've been getting. You know what makes me feel good to see like high school friends I haven't spoken to in like a dozen years we're like, yo, Matthew, keep doing your thing. You're doing great. You know, I love your podcast. It's dope. So things like that, support like that just motivates me. And I really love it. So Moon Talks podcast will be back in January 2022 for I'm all really, those. For everyone that's wondering where it went, I'll be back with I'm a vengeance. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that because, but what really surprises me is something you said also is that 
you know how rare it is to have the support of close friends because everyone told you know all the research that I did when I started my podcast and I'm a I'm a huge podcast junkie I do research I look up how can I better myself and and mm. they say you know when you're starting a podcast never rely on your family and friends because they're not the That's ones true. that are going to support you so it's, it was surprising when you told me that and and it's nice to see that means that you know you do first of all you're good at what you do so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're continuing. And number two is that there are people that support you, which, of course, you do need because, you know, it's been I've always said this. I've said this in numerous other podcasts and other episodes is that if I would have listened to everybody, every naysayer and you 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 put it, you said it as well as because people don't have the courage to do it themselves. So they're going to put down someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad I never listened to it because, you know, now, you know, it's speaking you know, my results are speaking for themselves. It takes time. This is my 44th episode. But you know what? When I look at my analytics and I have listeners in over 10 countries, uh, makes you feel good, man. You're doing this for something. So it's 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 pretty crazy. And how open the world has become just because of this little microphone and the internet. It's just incredible. It really is. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. I think the podcasting game has given people who probably don't have a voice in their home probably don't have a voice at work or in their classroom is giving them that voice where they can discuss things that are important to them, where they can connect with people in a, in a different way. And as far as support goes, I mean, it depends on you. It depends how you live and how you approach things. I mean, there's guys that some of the biggest nerds, you know, quote unquote, um, lock themselves in a room by themselves. Don't go out, don't go clubbing, don't go to parties and they end up being millionaires and billionaires, right? Are they happy? We don't know. Maybe no. they are, maybe they aren't, right? But it kind of depends on you because I think, like I said, I think support is is automatically given from certain people. Like my mother, my mother really supports my podcast. My mom supports anything creative that I do because it's something, like my mom appreciates someone that thinks outside the box. My mom is someone who dedicates herself to hard work and does push hard work and all and longevity and you know, and all that, but she also does like creativity because some of the old school parents, some of that old school mentality, I think they're starting to slowly come in, come into this world now that you see, you know, the crypto, yeah. the social media, they're never fully going to understand it because they come from a different age. They come from a different era. But when you start to see these Instagram moguls and, and these social media moguls and these kids, these 12 year old kids that are flipping NFTs for $400,000 now, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So I think the podcast, the podcast and social media um, platform has given a lot of people a voice that they probably never had and probably would never have if they didn't have this ability and opportunity. So that's one of the reasons why I think there's a lot of podcasters too out there. Yeah, there's two things you said that I love there. Okay, and then we'll move on to our to our topics we're going to discuss today. Two things I love that you said is that you know what? As long as it doesn't matter what a thousand people will say. But as long as the person that you, for you, is the most important, you being your mom, me being my wife, yeah. of course, supports you, nothing else matters, Matt. You said it perfectly. I love yeah. what you said. And two, and this is for any podcaster, anybody that was thinking about doing it and you're listening to right now, here are two great examples, me and Matt. And the second one is, I love what you said, is that anybody that probably would never have had a voice or the rest of the world is missing out on somebody that could give us a good message and make us learn something now this is giving them the platform to do so so i love those two things that you just said yeah um so you ready for the topics yeah go ahead all right here we go so the first what i wanted to i had prepared some topics but uh this one's gonna come out 
uh, on top tonight because it, it sent me in, in, a, in a frenzy and in, in one of my typical uh, rages. Um, so today, for those of you uh, listening outside of, of, of Quebec and Canada, um, our premier, okay, uh, of our, of our uh, sort of like our prime minister, or president of Quebec, announced that for the holidays, he is allowing to have up to 20 people gatherings in private residence for the holidays. He's allowing this. Thank you, Mr. Dictator. Um, so so here, here's my take on this. Matt. Vaccinated Why people, you have to add, very important. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell my, my aunt that's not vaccinated, for example, that she can't come to my house for Christmas. But anyway, <laughs> that's... That's another story. (laughs) Could you freaking imagine? Yeah, can I see your vaccination code at the entrance? Can you? (laughs) Um, So here's why it drove me absolutely fucking bonkers. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Is two weeks ago, I went to see one of my favorite groups of all time, Genesis. Everyone knows I'm a huge Genesis fan. doesn't matter. I went to a show with 20 other thousand people. One guy, I was on the floor. One guy was literally sitting in my fucking lap. We could have made out during the fucking concert. That's how close he was to me. All right. Mm-hmm. But the government's going to allow me to have, he's going to allow me, he's telling me I could have 20 people at my house for, for the holidays. Now, he, here's the thing that drives me and everyone probably crazy is that where is the logic in this? How do you expect, honestly, how do you expect people to, to believe in your words and to believe in you or have faith in you as a leader when when we've been stuck at 10, but meanwhile, I could have a billion people in a Costco or 20,000 people in a hockey arena watching watching a hockey game or a concert. Where's the logic in this? This is, this is what drives me crazy. I'm going to answer your question, and I, I agree with you. But how much money... How much money do you make and your family make this city? Nothing except the taxes that we pay on our houses. How much does Costco and the Bell Center make this city? Probably a lot more money. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. So at the end of the day, what people have to realize, and if you haven't realized it now, then I feel sorry for you. (laughs) The lockdown was a part of control. Oh, I like this. Okay, we're going there. The right? opening yeah. back up was about money. Sure. Not safety. Not health. It was about money. Yep. Because every day, some some poor restaurant guy or some store was closing. Yep. Past due notices for rent, this and that. Hey, no money coming in. A curb checks a bane bull. And I, I'm going to give Trudeau props for props is that because he acted fast and he makes sure people had a little bit of money in their pocket for the first year. So he'll give my props for that. But, you know, what people got to understand, this has always been about money. Okay? The lockdown was about controlling us, was having the ability to tell us, no, you can't do this. No, if you go, if you go here, you have to be in your house at this time. <laughs> yeah. It was about establishing control. It's funny because you refer to Legault as a dictator. Yep. These things in Middle East countries, if it was a pet, listen, if you go to Iran, if you go to any of those countries during the pandemic when it was like really, really touchy, touchy, let me tell you something. Lockdown completely. But 
COVID isn't needed for governments in those countries to inflict lockdowns like that because they're already in control. Remember, a lot of Middle Eastern countries and countries of that, of like African countries, certain countries, mm-hmm. it's a regime. It's not a government. There's a difference. Absolutely. A regime, a regime controls a country. A government is literally just, in a way, running a country or attempting to. So what I say to Legault is this. Um, for you to allow 20 vaccinated people in your, in like, and this is, this is another thing before I get to that. That's a lot. <laughs> it doesn't matter what he says. People are going to do what the fuck they want. What is he going to do? He's going to line up the whole Montreal police force. He's going to line up every single cop in that the city has to go ring every fucking doorbell on Christmas morning. He's not going to do that. Exactly. Two years ago, when you weren't when 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 you weren't allowed to go to your family's house, did you really think that no one went to go see their family? How fucking stupid can you possibly be? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. The one day of the year where you look forward to seeing your family, where you just came out of a lockdown, where you barely could see your family. You want to tell? You want to tell an entire city that you can't? You want to? You want to tell little kids they can't go see their grandmother on the one day they actually can see their grandmother and spend time with their grandmother? Buddy. <laughs> well, you see, here's the, here's the funny thing, Matt, because now you open up a can of worms. Because I remember last Christmas, I remember last Christmas when my sisters were, 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 were thinking or questioning, should we do this? I go, guys, we don't know when daddy's, my father's last Christmas is. And you know what it turned out to be my last Christmas? It's not just for me, for my, grand, for my kids, for the, the grandkids to see their grandfather. Yeah. So how how do I listen to these? I don't even I don't know what to call them. Fear mongers, uh, dictators. I don't even know what to call them anymore. I've run out of adjectives. Okay, how do I listened, yeah. and I would have possibly spent my last Christmas without seeing my father. So imagine how many people, Matt. You bring up again another good point. How many people did listen? How many actually did listen? Because they were. I'll be honest with you. I'm very sure. And and listen, I want everyone to know. This is not a knock. We're not trying to knock people that actually listen to the to what Legault said. Because look, there's people in this world that are born to do what they have to do. They don't want problems. They don't want those extra issues. So if the leader of the city says, look, do, do this, do that, do that. Listen, whoever complied, we have nothing against you guys. This is not to knock people who obey the rules because rules in a, you know, for the most part are meant to be obeyed in certain instances. Right. Yes. But what I'm saying is you and your family made a great decision. And unfortunately, you know, it happened to be your, your father's last Christmas, but let me tell you something. People were very wary. The people who broke the rules are very wary because you saw car doors closing ever so quietly. <laughs> Like people, it's so funny. People were showing up on streets. Okay, guys, listen. Grab the gifts in the back. Okay, the car. Like, is that door locked? <laughs> like, don't park in front of the house. Let's go all at the same time. Make sure, make sure that the light that turns on under the temple, it's off. Take the batteries up. Oh like, my God, man. Think about it, Matt. Think about it. You see, this is what drives me crazy because what people oh. don't understand. Okay, this is this is what people don't understand is that when governments put in rules for the greater good 
those rules are there for life. So, and again, let me be let me be clear here, guys. Let me be clear that I am not anti-vax. I'm not I'm vaccinated. Okay, I'm not anti. I'm not saying this is not is is not happening. What I'm saying is from day one, why it pisses me off. And here I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off another tangent. Why it's pissed me off from day one is because I said we had to learn to live with this from the fucking beginning. It was clear as day that we had to live with this like the flu. So now, in the meanwhile, how many people have committed suicide? How many businesses lost, generational businesses? How many depressions? You spoke about how many mental health issues that are people are, are it's, 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 it's going to be an endless landscape of these people. And they yeah. paid the price for what, Matt? For what? For fucking nothing, Matt. Because you look at the numbers today, they're the same as fucking last Christmas, if not worse. So what was it for? And here's another thing. Well, look, the numbers, in my opinion, the numbers are bullshit. I Those numbers, I do not pay attention to the numbers. I really don't. When I see them really low, I'm like, oh, shit, you guys are trying to calm people down. When I see them at 2,000, I'm like, oh, here comes the fear-mongering. Yep. So I, I, I don't pay attention to the numbers because, look, I'm not in the hospitals, so I can't vouch that those numbers are real, and I definitely can't vouch to say that they're false. Here's what I can tell you. I know a few people that worked in the hospitals in 2019, 2020. It was an absolute disaster. Yes. It was a fucking disaster. It was. Like multiple nurses, some doctors broke down physically mentally, mentally. It, was, it was it double triple shifts back to back to back like ridiculous shit so did covid have a very very powerful impact on our city yes it did to the extent of our leaders saying and promoting that's the question well, for sure. But it also, you see, here it is. And again, I've been saying this forever, is that all COVID did was spotlight a problem that was already there for how many years, Matt, have we been complaining about our health system? It just spotlighted it. But now the difference is that the government had a had a excuse, right? Oh, it's COVID. Let's, mm. let's not... We, we can't over overbear the system. Well, the system was already broken. So we have the difference. Uh, sorry, no, no, continue, continue. I was just going to say is that the only difference between the numbers are the numbers that they, they look, they're still high, but the difference is that the hospitalizations are extremely low now. And, the, and basically, yeah. that's all the government cares about, obviously, which makes sense. Of course, I mean, I think nurses and doctors have already been through enough, right? So, yeah, I agree. Um, so, so, what, it's just me, I don't know, just getting it off my, my chest saying all these, all these social issues that were for none, were for none. That, and that's what gets to me the most, really. And there's nothing, you can't, you can't bring back that business that went bankrupt. You can't help that person that commits, commits suicide. You can't save them anymore because no. they felt they had nothing else. 
you know, that people with mental health issues now, you know, they're going to have to go get help. And so, so it was all for naught. And I don't care anybody, you know what, argue me. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to change my mind about that because it was all for nothing. It was all for nothing. You were going to say, sorry, yeah. Matt. No, I, um, and I think, I think it was, it was a tough too, because I remember when Kobe Bryant died. God rest his soul. That's still that's still a little tough, a little heavy on my heart, actually. Um, I remember when Kobe passed away, and COVID was now starting to peak a bit. It was. I, me I remember reading a news. Kobe died ending of February. My last day of work at the airport was March 16th, 2019. It was literally a two to three week gap. So I can tell you it wasn't far off because I saw Air China land and everyone on that fucking plane was a Canadian coming back. And then my second to last day at work, I saw Air China land, no passengers, cargo. So that's when it hit me. Okay, we're, we're, we're entering into something serious. Yeah. Air Transat planes. Coming from Miami, Haiti, wherever, usually 300, 400 passengers, 50, 60. Yeah. That's when it really started to hit me like we're, we're in for something. And I remember, though, there was a huge article about COVID, huge article. And everyone paid attention to the Kobe Bryant article. Yeah. No one paid attention to the COVID article. So it just goes to show you that a lot of us didn't really believe, even before it happened, like, some of us are still living in denial two years later, okay? Guys, we were in denial. We're like, fuck is this COVID? Listen, you had stewardess on the plane making fucking jokes. I said, like, COVID is enough. Like, you had these franges uh, making jokes about COVID is enough. I'm like, oh, my God. And then you just go to see how rapidly it just... I remember when in Air Canada, I went, I went to go to Starbucks uh, through one of the gates there, gate one. Ghost town. Ghost town. It was incredible. I was I I was in shock. And this was how many weeks later? After Kobe's death, or just just after the 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 news came out in terms of COVID? Uh, well, as you know, the government here at first were kind of you know a little iffy about it, but you see, the two countries. I'll tell you right now. The two countries that made people open their fucking eyes quick, Italy and Iran. Yeah, seriously. And it's Spain. No, no. Italy, Iran, Spain, and Spain. Spain was bad. Yeah. Because for some reason, I'm a guy. I don't pay attention to Canadian politics, but I pay attention to all politics all throughout the world. Ask me about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I can know. I probably know more about that than about fucking uh, Trudeau himself. Oh, and we should because we just we don't have any other issues here except idiots in power. But that's another story. <laughs> we'll get me started yeah, on that. Oh my god! No. Um, you know, see, seeing that we are talking about, uh, we're, we're, I want to stay on the on the Quebec, um, yeah, Quebec front here, okay. And yeah. I'd love to have your take on this um, because, um, obviously, for, for for reasons that are obvious, so. Um, there's, there's, here's the problem I have. Okay. When they did recent, uh, stat, um, surveys 
two-thirds of Quebecers say that systematic racism exists in the province. Two-thirds, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay? 76% of respondents who identified as members of visible minority groups agreed there is systematic racism in this province. Three out Absolutely. of four. Okay? So, of course, uh, despite Legault's repeated contention that systematic racism does not exist in Quebec, Two out of three Quebec residents think the term is an accurate description of the form discrimination and prejudice takes in their province, a new poll suggests. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just say, I'm going to ask you one question, then I'll let you take the, the lead on this. How do you expect to solve a problem that everybody knows fucking exists when you can't believe that you or you can't admit that you have one like a drug addict or an alcoholic that says, I don't have a drinking problem or I don't have a drug problem? His insistence to continue on saying that there is no systematic racism in Quebec, how are you going to get rid of something that everybody knows that exists if your fucking premier will not exist or, or, or not basically not say that exists, but say, yes, we do have a little bit of a problem. So how are you going to get rid of this problem, Matt? Because you know what? Honestly, I'm obviously a white man. I'm fucking fed up, Matt. I'm fed up. I really am. I don't I don't see color. I don't see color. I see how you treat me as a human being, and that's all that matters to me. I'm just fed up with these fucking stories that I hear day in and day out. How we treat black people, how we treat Aboriginal people, how we treat just anybody. It drives me fucking crazy. And and I don't know what to do about it anymore. Um well you know. Um, a lot to pack, unpack here. Number one, Lego won't say you. Lego, how can I say this? You can't be against a, you can't be against something if you don't see a problem with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You understand? Yeah. yeah. Like everyone could tell the Canadians that Nick Suzuki's contract was bad. But if the general manager and the president doesn't see it that way. Doesn't matter how many people you get like to that point. So, um, systematic racism here has always existed and it's always going to exist uh, because, unfortunately, when a white cop or certain white people see a visible minority, um, they automatically get scared. He's got a gun. He wants to rob me. He wants to this. He wants to that. Um, you know, if a white guy would commit a, if a white guy would get caught with, with drugs, you know, he'd be arrested very carefully, very gently, you know, with a lot of respect and all that. If it's a black guy, they're going to throw him up against the hood. They're going to rough him up. They're going to throw him to the ground. Um, I think, to be honest with you, and I've always said this, And I don't want to generalize because uh, I, I know in my heart that not every white person is racist. Of course. But what's, what scares a white individual the most is a bright minority standing next to them. That is okay. the biggest fear that this world has. The rise of minorities in entrepreneurship in business, in education, it hasn't made certain white people proud 
of their rise. It's made them resent them even more. But it's happening. You can't stop it, Matt. Of course you can't stop it. But guess what? Some people still want to try. So what you're saying is that that further could add grease to the fire and saying those people that have the minor saying, I lost my job because of a black man. I lost my job because of a visible minority. I lost my job. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. People, it's, it's, people, re people respect Tyler Perry, but secretly they hate on him. That's a black man who's a multi-billionaire from films. Why would you hate on him? Why? Why? So this is the scary part. And this is what I really got to push. I don't know how many still exist, but there are still people that hate others for the color of their skin. Sure, for sure. There are still people who will hire a white guy with less of an education than the black guy with more of an education. For people that think that doesn't exist and it's all a myth, listen, Ahmad Aubrey was killed for jogging down a street by three white guys and they were all found guilty. And you know what the judge and the prosecution were asking him? Did he have a gun? No. Did he charge at you? No. Did he say anything threatening? No. So how the fuck did you kill him? Think about that for a second. Yeah. If that's a white guy jogging. They drive right past him, correct? So, so here's what you just said. It's not just a Quebec thing. No, this is a global thing. Sure. The problem, the problem in Quebec is that they're disgustingly arrogant about it. These there French cops, these French, you saw the video last week. They're they're putting yes. they're putting I snow in the kids' mouth like Jesus Lord. Yeah. So, so, so it brings me to my, again, I say that too much. Brings me to my point. <laughs> uh, again, what what you said it perfectly, is that. It's always going to exist. But again, this amplifies the importance by the leader of your country or your province to say, yes, there's a problem. Yes, I admit to a problem that has been here for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 fucking years. Because that's when everybody could start to say, let me call that. Let me go top down. Let me start calling out people when I see something out there. If my premier or prime minister or president, whatever the fuck you want to call him, leader says it, saying, you know what? Maybe that'll give just a little bit of courage to someone saying, seeing something unjust on the street or in a place of work and saying, you know what? Why didn't fucking Matt get that job? Why? What? What are you doing? Why are, why are you arresting this man for no reason? Why are you roughing him up? Or whatever it is. Why are you making fun of him? See what I mean? It starts with our leaders. If our leaders think that there's no problem, then that problem is always going to be there. Yeah. Because the, the population is not going to have the courage to stand up to it. This is what Not this problem. population. No, exactly. Because we, we, we fucking say, oh, jump. And we say, okay, which, which, which bridge do I jump off? Okay. Uh, which, which fucking vaccine report that I do, do I need to go? And how many people can I have in my house? So imagine if you have your same leader that's putting all those rules into place and says, you know what, guys? Yes, racism exists in fucking Quebec, okay? It exists. Are Who's you a Sopranos fan? Huge. Okay. I'm going to make a reference to Legault. And uh, Johnny Sack <laughs> and Carmine Lupertazzi Jr. were going through a little war in season five. 
Yes. Uh, Carmelo Pertazzi got scared, so he kind of conceded power to Johnny Sack. Yep. Remember what Silvio Dante said? Oh boy, you have you have you probably have better memory than me, but what did some say? guys are being better at number two? Yeah, absolutely. All Lego is demonstrating is that he's not a great leader. Yeah. That's all he's doing. This is a guy who'd be great behind the scenes, a number two, maybe a right hand guy, but as a leader, the voice of our city, our province. Some guys are better at number two. But he doesn't care, Matt. He doesn't care because he's going to win again. That's the problem. He'll Listen, and another thing to go back to to to, uh, to here in Quebec. We do these police marches and we do these complete vaccine and all that. By the way, <laughs> um, 100,000 people in the middle of the street, no one wearing a mask. Numbers didn't go up one bit. And then and then the question why I don't believe the numbers. Okay. I'll see, I'll see, um, where, you, I see where you're going. Half, half of them were unvaxxed, by the way. Yeah, all right. Um, the problem is, imagine if we lived in Syria right now, mm -hmm. and Legault, instead of Monsieur Assad, was the leader of Syria. I'm with you. You don't think that Legault would have been forced to resign already by now? For sure. You want to know why? Because even non-minorities here fear the police. Of course. Think about that for a second. Even yeah. a white guy is scared of getting his fucking head bashed in yeah. when it comes to these kind of marches and all that. That's why I said this population can't do anything about it. Take fucking Legault to a country in Africa or the Middle East. Have him fucking up like this. His, they're coming for his head. They're coming to his house. They're putting a bullet in his head. Are you serious? Yeah. Like that, that these kind of because we have a fit we are so systematically controlled here in quebec that it is ridiculous that's why he walks around with his head held high because he knows whatever stupid mo move he makes whatever call he makes people are going to respect it and he's going to win another mandate he's ahead of the and he's going to win again you want to know why we all know why okay I don't even want to go there. Why? Because I don't think there's a strong enough. I mean, look, I, I was aware a couple of the mayor candidates, Coder, uh, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong. The guy that wanted to make Montreal bilingual. What is his name? What was his name again? Oh, uh, uh, quite a name. Very, very different name. Yeah. he He's someone that impressed a lot of people. Football player. Yeah. He's someone that impressed a lot of people because he's all for inclusion. You know, he, he, he wants, he doesn't want a French company owned by a French guy. He wants a black and an Italian guy to fucking buy the company and owned by them. He doesn't want it to have a friend. Like he wants it to be, listen, I understand Quebec is French and that's beautiful. That's great. That's beautiful. Guess what? You guys try to separate three times. How'd it go? Not well. Okay. <laughs> Cut that shit out. Montreal is, c'est français, bien beau, but this is an Eng like English run shit here. Like I'm just gonna call it like it is. English run shit here. Well, well, All right. We'll, like we'll get, let's we'll get, call it what it is. We'll when Pauline Marois lost in Quebec, that's that's all you needed to be aware that English have more power than French here. And I speak both languages. I have a lot of French friends. I respect all of them. When I'm around them, I speak French. When I speak to their family, I speak French. I got nothing against French people at all. I have plenty of French friends. Quebecois born and raised. 
But when it comes to this whole separation and all this shit, listen, you guys need to just sit in your corner. You guys tried it. It didn't work. Let's just all live together. Okay. Well, on that note, just uh, it's uh, Balarama Holness, his name. Thank you, Tony Chichi, a loyal listener, a good friend of mine. Uh, um, thank you. Then we'll go through some comments after that. But just on that note, why I wanted to say is that Lego is a genius. Legault is a genius. First of all, yes, you said it right. Yes. There is no viable options. There's Dominic Anglad from the Liberal Party um, that I'm trying to get on my show. I don't think Quebecers are 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 ready for that. Uh, after no. mess, Liberals left prior to the CAC going into power. And two is that uh, Legault is a genius because his party has basically uh, made up a problem that the French is at risk in Quebec. And, and they go with that and they run with it. And they're going to win no matter what. It doesn't matter what they did during. It doesn't matter what they did during the um, during the pandemic. The handling of the pandemic, the handling of everything that they fucked up from schools to Bill ninety six to Bill twenty one. It doesn't matter, guys. That's what you know. A loyal listener again, Dario Vitali. He's here in, in the group chat. You know, Canadians are weak, sleeping sheep. And I told him, I said, Dario, he's, he's gonna win. Dario, he's going to win. No, Louis is going to lose. I'm like, Dario, trust me. I studied politics. I know he's going to win. He's brilliant. He's their, 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 their structure is brilliant. Their plan is brilliant. He's not when it comes, when it, when it comes to these political runs, you know, one small thing could really fuck you over because Danny Coderre was looking good against plant. Yep. And then his accounting and his businesses and that money came in and, oh, boy, suspicion yep. was sniffing all around him. And then what does Plot do? I'm going to build this and I'm going to build that and I'm going to create this program and this program. And if you we were like, you know what? We want Plot. Yeah. And, she's, and, and don't forget, right, Matt? She's going to go play penis, not tennis. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what? Can I be honest with you? God bless that woman because I'm I could tell I could talk about that story until I'm 80. I don't know a lot of mayors that's given me those sound bites and those snippets over the years. Madame Plante, wherever you are, if you're listening, I salute you for that sound bite because that was legendary. For those of you listening or watching and you're not aware of the story, during a press conference in which I believe she was talking about a tennis player, a, a local Montrealer that had made... Layla Fernandez, who made the finals of the U.S. Open on an amazing run, by the way, whoever paid attention to that. So during, during the press conference, she said, and she was speaking French, we uh, on va jouer le, 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 le penis. Le penis, she said. Yeah. And no, she said, c'est bien beau or something de voir... La passion à la pour le penis instead of tennis. Because remember, Fernandez is like 18, 19, right? So she was like kind of like shouting her out for being young and whatever. And she's like, yeah, la passion pour le... Oh, excuse me, penis? My God. She turned purple, not red. I was dying. I was fucking dying. She, she, of course she turned purple. Oh, shit, like the was... peace emoji on social media. I'm not, I, I, I don't even want to talk about... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about... classic. <laughs> forget it i've talked about it. Okay. oh man so yeah we're again we're going to stay within the same hemisphere here okay we're going to continue with quebec and, and this time we're going to look um i didn't have a chance to even though this happened uh back in september yeah um, it really left a a horrible taste in my mouth um it led me to to um try to get someone 
uh, on my show uh, to speak about uh, indigenous people and issues that face them. And I'm still trying to do that. So I'm going to go back to September when um, Canada across across Canada, our prime minister mm-hmm. wanted to have September 30th and declare this a holiday um, for uh, basically it was called a national day for truth and reconciliation. What this was, this came about after the horrible findings of all the mass graves that we found Absolutely. in schools when uh, the Canadian government uh, at the time were trying to um, basically convert a lot of the children from these indigenous um, towns and uh, bring them to residential schools. And they, um, I, I have trouble even uh, talking about this, even thinking about this. Basically, they were stripped of their culture, stripped of their language. And for whatever reason, a lot of them were killed. And this was by the order of the church and the government uh, mm. back in the day in Canada. And yes, this is unfortunately part of our history. Which leads me to the disdain, the disgust that I have. When again, our Premier Francois Legault in Quebec said that he is not going to recognize this day. And what he said uh, was that, in his words, we need more productivity. So rather than give the Quebec people a day of rest and a day of thinking and saying, what can I do to learn about our, our history, our black history when it comes to the treatment of indigenous people? Um, and just, just to see a few of the answers that from the other politicians, uh, what a sad answer, what an outdated view of productivity. Indigenous people deserve a day of remembrance and people work better when they can rest. Um, that is from uh, Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois, the Quebec Solidaire uh, Parliament leader. Uh, Dominique Anglade, which I referred to before, the uh, liberal leader said, everything cannot be reduced to basic logic. Commemoration and reconciliation are more than productivity. Uh, Martin Wallet, a PQ member, says, an elementary response without thought to humanism on the part of, a, of the premier. Matt, my question to you is, how does such a callous response get swept under the rug? That's my number one, my first question. And two is, is he saying again, here's a clear answer. This is part of our fucking history. We can't hide from it anymore. And you refuse to give a day because of productivity. What the fuck is, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with this man? Is he so white that he is? Is, is, is it, 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 nothing? Did, did he take history courses? Did he take Let me history? tell you something. In 2021, and for the last, the reason why they don't care about those poor little kids, and I want to send out my condolences to the entire indigenous community, the families of lost children. My heart and prayers are with all of you. Um, I'm going to paint you a picture. Downtown Atwater and a lot of that downtown strip, a lot of the alcoholics and a lot of the drug addicts are what? Indigenous, right? Yes. Shadagi has a very big white Quebecois aspect to it, right? Yes. 
who has threatened who has threatened to blow up the bridge who has threatened to to uh invade in a way Shadagi over the years Kanawaki yeah. Kanawaki is made up of mostly who so what's happening here is it's no surprise to anyone Lego and all those guys weren't alive when all that happened so in their sick mind doesn't affect them they are only affected by what they see not 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 based on not history it's based on what they see and what they actually know so what they see and what they actually know for the last however many years is indigenous people in our city are just alcoholics cigarette smoking drug addicts who when they don't get what they want and when they bitch they threaten to blow up the mercy bridge and they threaten to do this and they threaten to do that and that is how french people i'm not saying all because i don't like to generalize i don't like to put every you know i don't like to judge a book by its cover but the leadership that's how they look at the indigenous community because it's always what have you done for me lately you could use that in any any aspect of life right uh, yeah, so lately sure. lately the way how they're viewed and what they represent is exactly what i just said well you know what makes me so sad matt what you said is that you're probably 100% right but what makes I don't want to go. I know you don't want to be, and I don't want to be either. But I know you're right. Mm. But see, what's the difference? Why you and me? We never, we we weren't responsible for that. We weren't responsible no. for residential schools. But what led me on this on this journey of looking into it, and and looking into it, researching it, and you know, I'm a huge uh, tragically hip fan. And when Gordani died, he was very much into this in indigenous issues. And uh, he made a record in regards to uh, a situation that just so sad. Uh, residential school out west, I don't recall where. Um, so it led me to to understand that how short sightedness do you have to be, Matt, when you understand that whatever happened to them generations ago will impact them, and they still do today. There's a reason why. Yeah. Three quarters of them are alcoholics. There's a reason why they sniff gas. There's a reason for this, because imagine you, Matt, okay, or imagine me, okay, let's let's take me, for example, okay, imagine mm -hmm. me sitting at home and saying, you know what, Luigi, you're going to go to this school, okay, you're going to learn to speak French or English, okay, you can never speak your Sicilian dialect again, forget about where your parents came from, forget about the culture and the history behind their beautiful country, mm -hmm. all right, you're now 100% Quebecois, 100% Canadian. You're going to speak English or French all fucking day long. And you're never going to forget. And you forget about your parents. You're going to forget about your sisters. You're going to forget about your culture. You're going to forget about everything. Matt, you know how much just saying that rips yeah. my heart apart. Rips yeah. my heart apart. So to do it on the scale that it happened, okay? Because basically it was, it was a genocide. It was a genocide, right? Yeah. And then to say, I'm not going to give you one day of truth and reconciliation. Again, what kind of fucking message does that give your population? You should be fucking disgusted and embarrassed by our leader. 
disgusted and embarrassed by Francois Legault. He, uh, he has views and he has takes on, on certain things that, you know, I think most of us will never agree on. Um, and I think the saddest thing is that's, that, that's the individual that represents us government wise, you know, not represents us in any other way, but it's unfortunate, you know, it is, it, it unfortunately is what it is. And the only thing we could do is pray for change. The only thing we could do is uh, just hope and, you know, try to back channel and try to make something happen. And, you know, I remember I was doing, I was a host on a 514 online mix radio in the summer. And okay. when the first, when the first, some of the kids were starting to be dug up and whatnot and, you know, uh, 514 online uh, mixed radio is big in Kanawaki and all that. So I made sure that I paid my respects. I made sure that I shouted them out and saluted them because they feel marginalized. You know what I mean? You can't you yeah. can't marginalize people because you don't like what you don't like the way they look or you don't like the way they smell or you don't like the clothes they wear. Or you don't like you can't marginalize people. I think everyone should be giving them the same opportunity, but it's never going to happen in this world. You know, because too many people, I remember one time, um, this was maybe four or five years post 9-11, me and my mom were coming back from New York City on a Greyhound bus, right? Mm -hmm. There was a guy from Lebanon sitting in the front seat. And the mm -hmm. minute the cops came on the bus, I looked at my mom and I said, boy, this guy's about to get it. Yeah. And the, the questions he was asked, and you know, you know what the crazy part is? He was such a nice guy. And he answered so like, but the question, yeah. like, where do your kids go to school? How is that relevant on his trip to New York? <laughs> what does your wife do for a living? Again, how is that relevant to his trip from New York? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, when you're a certain race, there's a certain level of fear and there's a target. And unfortunately, until dramatic change happens, that target is never going to leave anyone's back. Like when cops see an Arab Muslim man in their head, they're like, oh, fuck terrorist, jihadist, uh, yeah. whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? It's almost the same way. It's almost the same way when the cops see a Sicilian or the cops see a well-dressed Italian. Oh, he's in, you know? Yeah, he's like, a mobster. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a mobster or whatever. They see a Mexican guy. Oh, he sells coke. He's in the cartels. Yeah. Oh, a black guy. He's a blood. He's a crip. Like, if you actually sit down and get to know some of these people that you, you call out like that, yo, know, some of the brightest minds. Every black guy isn't a fucking gangster. Every Italian isn't a mobster. Every Mexican isn't a fucking cocaine cocaine trafficker. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah. And and guess what? And guess what? Everything is needed in this world. You need certain people to fulfill certain things that you can't do. Absolutely. So everything is needed. So Absolutely. I don't look I don't look down on anyone that, you know, needs to do what they need to do. What I hate is we have a leader. We have a leader that will look down and will label people as such. And it's so, I don't even want to call it ignorance because that's too kind of a word, but yeah, like. Beyond ignorance. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because it's kind of unfortunate because it's nice to see our city kind of getting back to the way it was before COVID. It's nice to go out and see a bunch of people outside in the parks and doing all this. I think I, I think it's beautiful. 
Because I remember in 2019, I used to pass by and I used to see Savabien Alley rainbows in every yeah. fucking window. And I thought that shit was beautiful and depressing at the exact same time. You're right. Totally you know what right. I mean? Like when I, every rainbow I saw, no matter how beautiful I know it was, I know there's a, a little kid in there that took their time to draw it and put out the windows so we all could see. Like, you know, salute to all you kids that participated in that. I thought it was a beautiful thing to keep everyone's spirits alive and whatnot who were kind of down. But man, when you saw those rainbows, it kind of reminded you like, fuck. Yeah. Yo, we have seven o'clock curfew. We're on lockdown. SAQ closes at six. <laughs> like I can't even go get a burger right now I unless like- I pay extortion for Uber Eats. Like shit became crazy. I felt, Matt, I felt like I was in a, I don't know. I felt like I was in a, a video game or just in another dimension. I felt like, is this really fucking happening? Is this eight yeah. o'clock and I'm outside having a cigar and, and I'm scared uh, if a cop sees me outside in my front yard? I will say this though, Luigi, to be honest with you. And people are going to hate me for saying this, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> When it was curfew time though, and you, you were smoking your cigar and you had your drink, didn't it feel so peaceful for a year and a half <laughs> didn't it almost feel like you were in fucking miami in your hotel room all the clubs were on the other side and you were just looking at the ocean with the moon and you didn't hear no noise and it was like i'm not gonna lie to you bro i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> didn't it feel kind of good a little bit a little bit oh fuck. i people i know people are gonna hate me but i was like I don't know. It felt it felt kind of good a little. I can't believe you got me to admit that, bro. I can't believe yeah. you got me to admit that. I'm te- because I'm telling you, it kind of felt peaceful. I was able to sit outside and have a couple drinks, listen to some music, and the loudest noise I heard was a fucking train passing. <laughs> so so listen, um, I want to just uh, go back and and show you some some comments because I normally do this, but we just we were we were heated in the heated moments. So yeah, no problem. Here. Uh, my good buddy Tony Chichi said, I listen nothing better than spending Christmas Day on my couch in my pajamas. <laughs> I agree. And food. Can't forget the food and the grappa. Yeah, yeah for sure. Dario Vitali, uh, how many jobs, families, relationships, money, you name it, were lost? Uh, too much to... <laughs> too much to... Oh, uh, plenty. Plenty, plenty. Especially relationships. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of women and a lot of guys look themselves in the mirror and realize uh, yeah. where we're going here. Yeah. Uh, again, Tony Cheech, when the stock market started crashing mid-February 2020, you knew it was for real. Absolutely, Cheech. Yeah, coming absolutely. Up, coming up on two years, <laughs> there's Dario, of course, when he starts getting fucking racist rednecks. I would assume <laughs> that he was talking about, you know. <laughs> um, uh, Canadians, again, are weak, sleeping sheep. It's the they're truth. They're up to, oh, I thought, you know no. what's crazy? When I saw this comment the first time, I'm like, Okay, it's not about the Habs. Yeah, no problem. But then I look at the score. Hey, we're up to one on Tampa. <laughs> oh, Can't uh, be that bad. Dario again says it's true though. We've Dario and I have talked about this a long time. You know, a lot of times have absolutely no balls to cause a revolution, and that's a huge disgrace. Yeah, it is. We don't. It's not. I don't think it's in us. I don't think it's in us as Canadians to to do that. And um, we have too many rights, and we're too scared to lose one. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> 
Plateau Pink Hippie Ragbag Plant the Retard. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. my God. Just so that you know, uh, Matt, <laughs> Dario, this is, he, I can't even tell you how much he despises her. Uh, by, uh, by the way, just a, just a little yeah. note on the plateau. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been pretty fucked up there the last few months. A couple yeah. of murders. And so, and I'm, I'm talking about like girls and boyfriends getting in arguments. It's like daytime and women getting stabbed to death, like right there. Like, yeah, Plateau's getting a little edgy uh, last few months. Sorry, hey, Reno, what's up? Reno saying hi. Uh, my good buddy Lorenzo. Uh, none of the other parties are any better. They all use language as a vote attracting tool. You're totally right, Lorenz. Lorenz sees a lot of the food the same way as we do. We always see eye to eye in that. Yeah, uh, that's politics. Everyone lies to you to get a vote. Absolutely. Reno says, well said, Matthew, Nathan, Brathwaite. And Appreciate it, Re. We'll leave it on this note. You're going to love this. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize before I put this on the screen, Matt. The hams are garbage. <laughs> I think Reno's upset. I think Reno secretly is in love with every Habs player. Maybe. I think Maybe. I I've never seen someone I've never seen someone take so much pleasure in hating it. Like, do you know Boston could lose six nothing, but if the Habs lose seven nothing, Rin will be happy. That's a lot of that's a lot of my a lot of my Bruin friends fans. Oh my god. Habs fans out. don't think like that, bro. Good friend of that's mine. That's a Bruins yeah. thing. I know. Good friend of a mine. A loss is a loss, bro. I, I know. You guys lost too, fuck. Because we lost by one more. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Oh, it's good to end this, this podcast on a laugh. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, you Bruins fans will never understand each other. Let's put it that way. But listen, Matt, um, I want to no. say this has been huge fun. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I, I really, really, really um, appreciate it. And um, guys, check it out. Tell people, first of all, where they could get your podcast. Uh, first of all, Luigi, I want to thank you for inviting me onto your platform. It was my absolute pleasure. It was a really great discussion. Uh, and we should definitely do something in the near future because I could tell we got a good rapport. We agree on a lot of different things. We didn't really disagree too much tonight, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You know, we kind of have that same kind of vision and this, that same mentality. So that's always a plus to meet uh, a compadre that kind of thinks the same way you do. Absolutely. In uh, in the world and life and in society and whatnot, um, the Moon Talks podcast. Everyone will be back January 2022. You can listen to it on Spotify, on Anchor, on uh, Breakcast, Pocketcast, and Google Podcasts. Let's make the right call. Episode eight. We'll be back next week. I'll let you guys know if we're gonna do a live on Tuesday or we'll be in studio on Thursdays. We'll have more. I'll have more news. Me and Reno will have more news. Uh, for everyone else on social media and yeah man i just want to blessings to everyone everyone who tuned in uh all the fans of moon talks all the fans of agree to disagree live show it was a pleasure uh for you guys joining us luigi god bless thanks matt just to let you know guys i put in the show yeah. notes uh, on instagram in case you want to catch uh make the right call with Renovar, uh, your your Instagram handle so i'll put that in the in the uh in the show notes as well it's already there and yeah. uh, once again, thanks again. Stay on. We'll chat offline. Thank you guys, everyone, for yeah. tuning in, for participating, for the notes. I really appreciate you guys so much. Saying hi to all my listeners, especially the podcast listeners all over the world. I never thought in a million years I'd have people listening from 10, 15 countries. I don't know what I'm at. I cannot believe it. I thank you all. Thanks so much. Matt, thanks again. Stay on. Take Ciao, care, guys. Everyone.
Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time. <laughs>